soup. Soup. Soup for you. Ayo! And welcome to No Dunks, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Today's classic is brought to you by Neutral Vodka Seltzer. Real vodka, real juice, real bubbles. It's the one with the umlaut. I'm your host for today, Trey Kirby. Pretty weird. <laughs> Here in studio from behind the decks to at the desk. They want to know what the kid did. It's Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? Look at this guy. He came in here with the catchphrase, desk ready. <laughs> Finally got the call. Great stuff. Joining me from Toronto, thanks to the power of technology, it's my main man, Jerome Chang. Hello, hello, hello. A fair catchphrase. A fair catchphrase. Fair, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had way more time for this, and I still didn't come yeah, up That's with all right. I think it's fair yeah. to try on a few here and there. And, sure. of course, we got the man making the magic happen here at the Classic Factory, J.D. Hello. Jerome, you just stole mine and added times it by three. <laughs> Look, it's I, tough. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, – hello is just such a classic, you know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> dance to the test of time, you know. How do you how do you best with a classic? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would actually say that hello is probably the most classic opening catchphrase for anyone. Yeah. Hi, yeah. a close number two. Uh, but as you can see, we've got cool a like guys that. being dudes lineup right here. It's the end of the season. Everybody's getting some touches. A uh, little housekeeping before we get into the show. If you happen to be in Houston, you can come see No Dunks live on Monday 6 p.m. at the White Oak Music Hall. Doors open at 5 p.m. You can get tickets via Ticketmaster. No fees, no charge, no nothing. Thanks to Neutral. Come and hang out with your boys. Doors open at 5 p.m. We're going live at 6 with Kelly Eco from The Athletic. We'll talk to him a little bit about the Rockets. We'll talk to him a lot about Houston. We will have a grand old time, and then you can watch the national championship game after. Should be a good time. Also, on the No Dunks world of podcasting, (laughs) we've got No Buffs a little bit later today, 1 p.m. Eastern, if you're listening. We'll be joined by our special guest, Jason Concepcion, a former No Buffs cast member back in the day. Pretty excited about that one. The triumphant return of Jason Concepcion. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. Uh, Kind of a weird episode last night, so it'd be good to talk with Jason Mm -hmm. um, about nerd culture and, of course, just... Survivor 44 season in general. I, bet, I was thinking, uh, though, we got me, TK. Mm-hmm. We got JK. We got JD. We got JC up in Toronto. And we got another JC coming to us from L.A. It's a big day for TK and the Jays. 100%. Yeah. 100%. What do you think, Ash? You a little nervous? Nervous for being on right now? Yeah, man. Uh, nah. This, this is what I do, you know? That's what I do. <laughs> I was built for this. I love it. 100%. I love it. Busy night last night in the NBA. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. So we're going to play a little bit of What You Got. What you got? All right, Ash, this is usually where I freestyle over the hot beat, so take it away. Uh, uh, what you got? I got nothing. <laughs> Bars. Bars. Luckily, though, we did have something in the NBA last night. Kevin Durant returned and finally made his home debut in a nice win over the Timberwolves for the Phoenix Suns. The Sacramento Kings smoked the Rockets 120-80. to They lit the beam and clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2006. And both Joel Embiid and James Harden returned to the lineup as the Sixers beat the Mavericks in Philadelphia. So guys, what was last night's best win? The Suns 
the Kings, or the Sixers? What you got, Jerome? I mean, only one of these wins was 17 years in the making. So yeah. I think it's got to be the Kings. Um, I mean, huge for the Suns and the Sixers. Uh, if anything, for them to just round out their rosters and look at look like full just going into the playoffs. But no, it's it's all about the Kings. I feel like we're going to be talking about that a lot during this. Uh, we already had a short drop this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out Skeets for having that on deck for us. But no, I mean, we, we saw it. You know, iPhone didn't exist. Facebook <laughs> was in its infancy. Uh, Daniel Powder, you know, had a bad day. <laughs> was like top of the charts, you know. So Brad Miller... Shout out Brad Miller. Big Senator shout out Brad team. Miller. Big shout out Brad Miller. I, there, there's really no other option in my opinion. Like, there, everything looks good on the horizon for the other two, but it's all about the Kings, baby. Yeah, Make what'd you be. think, Ash? Uh, pretty cool seeing the Kings actually clinch their playoff berth. Yeah. Um, the last time they did it, I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> I was going to ask what everybody was doing back in 2006. I yeah. was drawing blood at a blood bank. But, man, sixth grade. <laughs> sixth grade, man. I was 11 years old last time they were in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's the Kings, too. Uh, that's the that's definitely the win, uh, the big win. Um, the Suns, they, them getting the win, it didn't really move anything. The Sixers, they kind of just moved up a extra game on the Cavs. But, uh for the Kings to be back in the playoffs again for the first time in forever, like I said, I was 11. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So like that beam. What were you into when you were 11? When I was 11, the same stuff I'm into now. Basketball, <laughs> Dragon Ball, and Star Wars. <laughs> I haven't changed much at all. That's okay. Neither have I, uh, to be quite honest. I don't draw blood anymore, but I do still like needles. What about you, Jerome? What were you doing back in 06? Uh, I was in university hanging out super late at uh, Tim Hortons with all of my uh, classmates and friends. Um, I do remember one time, like middle of the night, two in the morning, just a long day, uh, and, ba- and bad day came on. And we just sat there listening, you know, <laughs> contemplating life, thinking, it, you know, the Kings are so consistent. We'll just keep on doing this for the next 17 years. But here we are. We actually made it around. Yeah, that was a pretty special moment last night uh, in Houston. Obviously, uh, the clinch didn't go well in Sacramento, but they looked at the schedule, saw they had the Rockets coming up and knew they were going to get it done. There was a massive light the beam chant in Houston, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Also, Keegan Murray hit three three-pointers last night to pass Donovan Mitchell for the most three-pointers ever. In a rookie season, he's at 188 now. Still has time to add to that. Could possibly get to 200, I suppose. But, man, what a story uh, for the Kings to actually be able to clinch this playoff berth. I remember back when De'Aaron Fox was entering the draft, I had to do this um, thing for NBA TV where I rode on the bus and just, like, (laughs) walked down the aisle, sitting down and talking to all of the draft prospects. (laughs) First of all, De'Aaron Fox was just taking pictures of his watch the entire time. Like he just gotten a sweet new Tisa watch for, or something because he was going to get drafted. He just had like a thousand pictures. I thought that was cool. We also had him on Summer League a little bit later that year. And the guy just had so much charisma. And you could tell he was going to be a leader for this Kings team. It didn't happen for them for the first few seasons of his career. There were definitely some dark moments where it kind of seemed like Fox had lost the light in his eyes uh-huh. compared to how he was when he came back in the league. But to see them 
succeed after the Sabonis trade last year. Very, very cool uh, for the Kings. Very cool to see Brad Miller getting a lot of love. There's a great piece on The Athletic today from Anthony Slater. You can subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks for only a dollar a month. Uh, you know I'm loving the brad here uh, in Sacramento because <laughs> the guy was an all-star uh, way back when. So, yeah, they got to talk to him now. But um, we'll see what the Kings do in the playoffs. Other big news in these games, of course, was Kevin Durant returning to the Suns uh, for the first time in about three weeks after suffering that injury to his ankle during pregame warmups. One of the weirdest things we've talked so many times uh, since the Kevin Durant trade, since his injury, how every time this guy comes back, it looks like he's never missed any time. No rust ever we for Kevin Durant. <laughs> and we completely jinxed him. He went five for 18 from the field, finished with 16 points. Uh, yeah, a little rusty. A little rusty. He for was sure. rusty. He was a little shots. rusty. <laughs> What'd you say? It wasn't no, until I mean, just over five minutes left in the second yeah. that, that he actually hit his first bucket. But I just remember watching through just like, Oh, it's all these like bunnies for, for Kevin Durant mid range. Like this is just bound to happen. But then he got to the free throw line and missed one out of two. And, yeah, and that exactly. point is just like, you know, we're, we're in a situation now where it's just like, Oh, Katie's really got to get back into it. I guess sometimes you actually do need to shake off the rest. Yeah, and sometimes you need to turn on the Daniel Powder because he just had a bad day <laughs> from the bad. field. Sometimes day. it happens. Uh, a lot of credit, I do think, goes to Jaden McDaniels, a good player to be guarding Kevin Durant because mm-hmm. they are shaped very similar, very quick, very long, obviously. But I did think KD was still getting to his spots. He was just missing. They had that little wired segment with uh, him and Monty Williams where Monty comes over. He's like... Greatness doesn't shake his head. You're just missing shots, man. And that's exactly what it was. Once he is uh, back to getting his rhythm, he'll be doing all right. And the important thing I would say for the Suns is that they won with Kevin Durant not playing very well. Exactly. Because don't forget, they've still got an incredible team around this guy. Chris Paul, I thought, in the fourth quarter was awesome. The way he was orchestrating a good shot every single time down. For Phoenix, he finished with eight points in the quarter, had two assists. Devin Booker only had five points, but it felt like he was scoring a lot more. They just played with more execution on the offensive end. Their defense was solid as well. And for Minnesota, they've had a couple of nice wins here. Apparently, there's an intestinal flu kind of like ripping through their entire team. So I don't blame (laughs) them for being a little fatigued down the stretch. Yeah, I think the flu definitely got to him on that. But like you said, though, it's, it's really good for the Suns to have like their team be good when Kevin Durant's coming back because whenever Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant again, they're going to be scary in the West. And I think nobody wants to see him. And this win is really good so they could keep the four seed, don't fall down, or actually they're the fifth seed, right? So they're right behind the Clippers, but they're right there under them and uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, the win actually, well, the Clippers end up winning last night too. They had a, they had a nice win, but uh, Phoenix is in the fourth seed right now. They're a half game okay. up and that's going to be, I mean, they're so close right now, Phoenix and L.A., the Clippers, they're going to be probably switching yeah. back and forth. And like you're saying, Kevin Durant ain't going to shoot five for 18. No. So that's a problem no. uh, for the rest of the league. As for the Sixers, I thought that was a pretty solid win. Joel Embiid back in the lineup. James Harden back in the lineup. Embiid went for 25 points, nine rebounds. Harden had 15 and 12 assists, just making sure they got great sh- shots. I didn't think Embiid was dominant offensively. Uh, he played a good game, had a couple of big baskets in the fourth quarter, but I thought he was truly showing his impact defensively. Had that monster block on Luka Doncic mm. late. Basically a defensive dagger. He was guarding Reggie Bullock for a big part of the fourth quarter and in the second half. Just basically standing in the middle of the lane, daring the Mavericks to take open threes. 
and they could not hit him. Sixers did a good job of running him off the line and making the Mavs think about it, but the Mavs really went cold. Three of 12 from three in the fourth quarter uh, for Dallas, which just ain't going to cut it. But the play of the game to me was two minutes left in the game. James Harden almost fumbles the ball trying to grift a foul. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it looks like he has an open jumper. Could have easily taken it, but he doesn't. He passes it to Embiid. Embiid has the ball in the at the elbow, the high post. He's thinking about attack, attacking. The shot isn't necessarily there. So he moves it. It passes two more times. The ball ends up with Tobias Harris on the post. Luka too small on him. Mm-hmm. An easy floater uh, for Tobias Harris to give him the bucket. And that to me was just like the Sixers giving up so many good shots, so many shots you would be okay with, with stars taking, whether it be Harden or Embiid. But instead, they just worked the ball, got the best shot. They were playing for each other out there. That was a grinded-out kind of win uh-huh. for Philly. I was super impressed. Yeah, disappointing for the Mavs, for sure. Oof. And, I, you know, I was watching the game, I think in the final four minutes of the game, there was a couple bad whistles. Not necessarily bad whistles, but whistles that didn't go their way. They had the offensive foul uh, for Kleber. Kleber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullock fouled, and then... Tim Hardaway Jr. had a loose ball foul on a box out. And that just kind of, like, killed all of the momentum that they had. Because I think right before that, I think, is when Luka came down and hit the three. And it just it just killed it. The whole game was over. And uh, the Mavs are really sliding right now. They look awful. And they're sitting outside of the play-in tournament. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them, man. They just – what what can you say about the Mavs? Well – the weird thing to me, I mean, a tough loss for the Mavs. They played really well through three quarters and then fell apart in the fourth quarter. I think it's the 13th time this year they've blown a lead uh, of 10 or more points. I actually thought they played pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, all things considered, I thought they did some nice stuff in the third quarter. They went zone, completely took Philly out of the game, and Bede was out of rhythm. Luka Doncic was smiling quite a bit in this game. <laughs> exactly. After he had said that he hasn't been playing with the kind of joy that he has, but the fourth quarter was bad. Kyrie Irving, his last basket was with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. His last shot attempt was with six and a half minutes left. It was the only time he took a shot with Luka on the court in the fourth quarter. There, the Phil, Philadelphia was doing a great job of forcing the ball out of Kyrie's hands, out of Luka's hands, trying to make any of those Mavericks role players beat him, which they could not. But also, it doesn't feel like Luka and Kyrie are interacting with each other enough on the court. You're never seeing Luka set a screen for Kyrie. You're rarely seeing Kyrie set a screen for Luka. There's a lot of possessions where Kyrie's just kind of hanging out Mm -hmm. in the corner, waiting for a kickout pass. I don't know. It does not look perfect right now. And then you see the postgame comments from Kyrie Irving. He says (laughs) it's kind of a cluster right now. (laughs) Fighting for the play-in is not what I expected. They're 9-14. and since the trade for him. I was probably the biggest backer of this trade mm-hmm. of all of us here on the show. There was certainly a risk, but I thought it was like a further down the road risk. Right. No way I was anticipating Kyrie and Luka getting worse, being worse. Obviously, the defense is a problem, but uh, yeah, bad stuff for Dallas right now. Yeah. The chemistry is not there. And like you described that final play uh, with or that pl- key play with the Sixers that ended in the Tobias Harris uh short like mini hook at the end there like mm-hmm. you were seeing the exact opposite like you guys were describing on the other end with the Mavs where it just seemed like it just lived or died on whether Luca would hit the big shot which he did one of the times but then you know you see the next time he gets that like Joel Embiid gets that big block and it's just you know two teams with championship aspirations uh one looks way better equipped for playing in the clutch than the other 
You guys killed it. I mean, that was an incredible first question. Straight up sicko <laughs> mode. Moving on, we saw a couple <laughs> career highs last night. Drew Holiday became the 14th player this season to score 50 or more points, putting up a career high 51 in a blowout win against the Pacers. One notch down on the scoring explosion chart, Taylor Horton Tucker became the 55th player to score 40 or more this season. He put up a career high 41 in a Jazz win over the Spurs. Ash, what was more surprising, Drew's 51? Or THT's 41? What you got? More surprising. Uh, I think it's THT. Yeah. Uh, Drew, he was giving everybody buckets last night, like all over the floor, post-ups, mid-range, whatever. But we see him do stuff like this on occasion. Like, this happens every once in a while. We know he's pretty We know he's pretty consistent. THT, though, I mean, he only averages 10 points a game for his career. Really right under wow. 10 points. Wow, actually. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> he goes out there, drops 41 last night. He did it last year. Almost to the day, like a week a week away from there, dropped 40 against the Warriors. So he does it every once in a while, might drop a 40-piece, you know, close to 40. But, uh, yeah, that's the most surprising for sure. Yeah, this is the time to do it. End yeah. of the season, you are always going to see an unusual player put up a huge stat line. Who can forget Ben Uzo with a triple-double <laughs> the very last game for the Toronto Raptors? Uh, but, yeah, THT, he had six threes last night, which I guess was the key to mm-hmm. getting to 40 points. Not necessarily a three-point shooter, but uh, when he's hitting and when he's finishing the way he was inside, uh, I guess that's how you get up to 41. And like you're saying, 40 in a game last year for the Lakers around the same time. This is when you get weird numbers uh, in the NBA right at the end of the season. But, man, some of the finishes he had. He had a, he had a, like a, a righty on the left side where he kind of turned back okay. his body, which I thought was nice. Yeah. You see that from THT a lot, but even more – Impressive, I thought, was he was finishing with his left hand. You know, that's <laughs> you, one of the main concerns that. I remember Lakers fans having uh, with THT is he never used his left hand. It was good to see last night, though. What do you think, Jerome? Drew's 51, THT 41. I'm going to go with Drew's 51 mm. because, like like Etch said, for sure, it's not something that like is foreign to Drew to do. But it's just when you look at the game itself, you would think if Drew Holiday is going to have a 50-point game, that is probably going to be really quiet for the rest of the team. But no, Giannis Antetokounmpo has a 38-point triple-double. <laughs> Brooke Lopez still goes for 21 points. And then you mention how THC does it on six threes. Drew Holiday does it on only three. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if anything, like it felt like the quietest 51-point game I've seen. If you watch the, uh, like the NBA highlight recap for the game last night, you're going to see... Giannis get a number of poster dunks in big plays. You're going to see Grayson Allen with one of the dunk of the year candidates potentially. And then from an editor's perspective, knowing I'd like if I had to put this together, this package is just so funny. You need to mention that a player on your team got 51 points. So you have to fit in, you know, a couple of hook shots, a couple of floaters, just very quiet things. And then at some point just point out, Oh yeah. And drew holiday got 51 points, a career high. (laughs) And so on that end, no, it's not surprising for Drew to get it, but it feels like if you list, if you were told that Drew Holiday was going to get a 50 point, everything else feels so surprising that happens around it. It's almost like a microcosm of the Bucks this season that they could quietly run up these numbers, be the, have the best record in the league, and uh, we don't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Giannis had 38 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists, and didn't have the best game on his team. That's <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, watching, Drew had 51 and 8 assists. It's not even like he was just gutting. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he had call. 51, 8, and 8, right? 51, yeah. 8, and 8. So he almost had a triple-double, too. A 51-point triple-double. Very close. Just right there with Giannis having a triple-double. And like you said, everything, it was quiet. He was just giving them buckets. So... <sighs> It is it is weird. Like it is it is a weird thing, Jerome. You're not you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had two players go for thirty eight and eight, which I think is probably the first time in NBA history uh, that that's happening. But watching both Giannis and Drew Holiday, it looked like they were the two strongest men on earth. Like Giannis <laughs> right. might actually be the strongest man on earth, at least maybe in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, the Pacers didn't have anybody who could really check him. Uh, he didn't get a foul call at one point, so he just completely. Uh, we're gonna go and we're gonna be talking anime here. Super Saiyan mode is that a thing? <laughs> Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I, I wasn't actually sure how to pronounce it. I've read it so many times, <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't sure how to be Saiyan Saiyan. But he went yeah, Super yeah. Saiyan mode, and he was just dunking all over everybody, including Jalen Smith, uh, who took a tough one on the face. And then you mentioned that Grayson Allen dunk as well, where oh he just God. fell so hard. I wasn't sad, but nonetheless, uh, it, kind of, it was funny watching because Giannis, you expect him to be the strongest guy out there. But you mentioned it, Jerome. Only three threes for Drew Holiday last night. He took one long two, and everything else was in the lane. It almost kind of felt like uh, the Bucks were go- going at Jordan Wara. I don't know why. <laughs> like, former Buck Jordan Wara, they wanted to prove a point, and it was kind of like Michael Jordan-y to me, where it's like... There's not a lot of motivation to beat the Pacers this late in the season for the Bucks, but how about a guy we used to play with? Let's yeah, take it out on up. him. Got to make and something. Up. So Jordan Moore was their BJ Armstrong. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. And uh, it looked like Michael Jordan versus BJ Armstrong out there. The way that Drew was just like, anytime he would touch a Pacer with his shoulder or with his forearm, they would go flying. <laughs> it was like the easiest way to create space. And then you're just saying, dinking and dumping getting his way to 51 points. That was an awesome performance. Uh, For Milwaukee on the night, they scored 149 points. They gave up 136. But kind of everybody (laughs) just agreed, we're not playing defense this game. (laughs) We play defense every other game, say the Bucs. We're fine. The Pacers shot like 50-plus percent, and the Bucs like countered with 64%. Like, it's just... Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks made 10 threes last night. That's hardly anything. They turned the ball over 18 times and they still scored 150 (laughs) because they've got the two strongest men on earth. (laughs) Moving on. My worst fears were realized last night as the Lakers used their loss on Sunday as inspiration for revenge against the Bulls last night. Even worse, the Lakers got multiple taunts in on Patrick Beverly. Let's take a look. Price, and that is indeed the case for Reeves. Hell no. That's LeBron yelling, hell no, hell no, hell no, at Patrick <laughs> Beverly as he pump fakes. A little bit later on, the dagger from Austin Reeves hits the floater, and Reeves hits Patrick Beverly with the too small taunt after Beverly did it to LeBron in their last matchup in L.A. So, Jerome, what you got? Which is the better Patrick Beverly taunt? Hell no! It seems like it seems small. like it should be obvious that it's the too small retort, but it just that that was going to happen. You knew it had to happen, especially if they get the revenge win. It's the hell no for me. If I was on the court <laughs> and I had the ball in hand, and someone just looked at me and said, "Shoot, it's fine. I don't <laughs> need to do anything about this." Yeah. It would destroy my confidence at that point. There's no like to just yell hell no, hell no on pump fakes. Yeah, now you know the shot, right? Just the pump fakes. You know, that that's actually that's the verbal too small. Wow, that's the verbal too small? 
Yeah, it's just it's just like there's no like you got no shot. There's nothing going on. It's just it's minimizing a person at that moment. Yeah, no, for me, it's the hell no. It's uh, it's almost like again, LeBron plays chess while everyone plays checkers. He knows <laughs> they probably expect him to hit him back with some sort of too small. But LeBron's way bigger than Patrick Beverly. There's no point to doing the too small. <laughs> so he's just gonna look at Pat Beverly and say, "You never bothered me to begin with." Yeah, mm. LeBron did. Uh, or I guess uh, I guess Pat Bev already had his too small, and he had a little bit of a comeback at LeBron. Like LeBron went to throw a pass, and Beverly <laughs> knocked it out, and he hit him with the Matumbo finger, <laughs> no, which no, I no, thought no. was hilarious. You knew the too small was coming, though. Even Patrick Beverly said afterward, he's like, "Yeah, I knew somebody was gonna too small." Yeah. I'm just glad it was Austin Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a dad who was proud of his kid or something. What do you think, Ash? The hell no or the too small? Uh, to be honest with you, I was gonna go with the too small, uh, mostly because of the. The uh, clip where he was doing the Shannon Sharp yeah. impersonation afterwards, but uh, I think Jerome, you kind of convinced me, man. Um, <laughs> the hell no is that's the one for sure because if I'm playing pickup, I, I know that there's guys at the gym that I do this to all the time, like literally. But I think LeBron should have waited till the shot in the corner on uh, Pat. Yeah. Oh yeah, because like to do it on a pump fake, that's ultimate disrespect. Like he's like, yeah. he, don't even I'm not try even it. jumping. Yeah, don't don't even <laughs> yeah. try. Like I'm gonna block you. I'm not gonna do anything. But uh, if he was in the corner and he hits him with the hell nah and just turns, oh right? Just, hell nah, just turns. Then you're like, oh, it's okay. on. Yeah, <laughs> it is the yeah, I'm not shooting version this, no. of Steph Curry's like turnaround. Yes, <laughs> when he like looks away, it's that. It's the look away because I know it's not going in. Yes. I'm not even looking at the basket. I'm gonna go for the rebound. Yeah, there were some more great uh, moments in this game as well. Basically, like LeBron, I think he was maybe being guarded by Io DeSumo or something like that, and he just happened to be right over by the Bulls bench. He's basically like Pat pointing out <laughs> Patrick Beverly. He's like, he's in and you're not. You're sitting on the bench. He's playing me right now. So I thought that was hilarious. There was a basketball game here uh, as well. The Lakers completely smoked the Bulls, 38 and 10 for Anthony Davis. LeBron went for a mere 25 points, hitting that over just barely. But basically, the Lakers starters dominated every single moment that they mm-hmm. were in the game. The bench would come in. The Bulls would come back. But then, unfortunately, the Lakers would put their starters back in. Uh, the Austin Reeves. The too small, he just did it at the, at the inopportune time. We saw the peak of the too small, but it was cool that he hit him back. There's a hilarious clip of LeBron talking about it post-game in the locker room, wearing just a towel. He says, they asked him what it meant that, a, that Austin Reeves hit the too small on Patrick Beverly. He says, that AR always got my back. Always. <laughs> Even though he loved Kobe back in the day more than me. I forgive him. <laughs> they dug up an old Austin River or Austin Reeves tweet where he basically says Kobe is better than LeBron. Yeah. LeBron obviously is familiar with that, but I think once you too small on behalf of your teammate, yeah. it's all good. Ultimate I got your back moment. What a great teammate Austin Reeves is to make sure that he gets revenge for LeBron on too small. Because you know, LeBron can't handle himself, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so you're telling me you're you're uh, you're hell knowing people at the pickup gym. Yeah, I'm a little disrespectful on that for sure. You got to be a too small guy too. No, I've never hit anybody with a too small though. No, never. What about this week? Maybe. Yeah, Work maybe. it in. Yeah, yeah you got to get it in before it's uh, completely before it's jump gone. the shark. But yeah. Uh, in other East action, Knicks pulled away late to beat the Heat despite losing Julius Randle to a sprained ankle in the second quarter. And the Nets beat the Rockets thanks to 31 from Cam Johnson, 27 from Mikhail Bridges. So let's take a quick look here at the Eastern Conference standings. They are changing all the time. 
but a win for Philadelphia last night, a win for New York last night, a win for Brooklyn last night means things basically stay the same in the top six of the Eastern Conference. Three straight losses, though, for Miami right now. If they're going to make a run at actually making the playoffs rather than having to go through the play-in, you got to figure out something pretty soon because they have been looking pretty poor. Uh, Knicks feeling kind of bad for these guys. Little snake bit, I think, ever since they went on that win streak. Jalen Brunson has been in and out of the lineup. He finally came back last night, only to lose Randall to an ankle roll, which uh, poorly timed, but 24 points from Emmanuel quickly off the bench. Hope this guy wins sixth man of the year. He'll probably be my pick at the end of the season. Also saw that Tom Thibodeau played five guys the entire fourth quarter last <laughs> night. Classic stuff. Any thoughts on these games? Uh... Just that the Knicks losing Julius Randle, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want the Knicks to Knicks. Does that make sense? You don't <laughs> want the Knicks right. to Knicks right. when they uh, go into the playoffs. You want them to be as healthy as possible and 100% as possible so they can get everything together. So that's tough. That's a big blow for them. Yeah, I think uh, Randall's played every game this season. Obviously played last night, but uh, only got in a handful of minutes before he went out. So we will see the diagnosis today. Hopefully he's able to get back on the court as well. Uh, out west, though, the Thunder beat the Pistons just barely on Jalen Williams' game-winning putback, a near buzzer beater. I think there was 0.5 seconds left on the clock after. You consider that a buzzer that beater, Jerome? What do yeah. you think? Uh, it Honestly, we, we talked about the Kings earlier. If the Kings didn't have the season that they had, like the feel-good story of the season would be the Thunder, yeah. in my opinion. And, you know, you would think... A team that loses a top pick in Chet Holmgren wouldn't be making any noise. But then you got J Dub here, who's like in the mix for rookie of the year. And beyond having like such a good season, having like really good moments like that, I think that's the kind of thing that you need. Like a game winner like this. Um, I don't know. Things feel good in Thunderland. Uh we we did that short a few uh weeks back where it's like it must be feel good to uh feel good to be a Thunder fan and you know it's things like this that's happening this season that's like showing it time and time again yeah man Jalen Williams another great game we obviously had uh the game winner finished with 27 points eight rebounds and six assists he just scores from all over takes all kinds of different shots a lot of dunks this season a lot of three-pointers I've been trying to come up with like my comparison for who he reminds me of here's what I've come up with so far okay Luol Dang with swag Like, I think they're kind of similar players in that they can guard a lot of positions. They score from three. They score from the mid-range. They score at the rim. But Jalen Williams, I think, has a little bit more, uh, just a little more verve than Luol Deng does. Luol Deng, more of a workman-like player. No, 100%. I agree with that. All right. Uh, Here's another one I'll throw at you. Best possible version of James Posey. James Posey, more of a role guy, but, you know, a versatile defender, three-point shooter. But imagine if you had a handle and could mm. go to the rim like Jalen Williams. Mm. Yeah, not selling you as much on that one, huh? <laughs> no, actually, I, I might like that one better. I don't know why, but I think I like that one better. All right, final possible comparison here. Andrew Wiggins, if his best skill was savvy instead of athleticism. No? Elaborate. This one's a no. You got to elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I feel like Andrew Wiggins is a very good big wing who kind of does mm-hmm. it all. He's he's a good three-point shooter. He's obviously a great dunker. He's kind of cut out the mid-range of his game, but he's still got it there. He can score in the post. I feel very similar about Jalen Williams. Also, they're both very versatile defenders. They hit the glass. But Wiggins is a much better athlete than okay. J-Dub is, whereas I think J-Dub, 
just knows how to play the game like a 10-year veteran, despite the fact that he's only a rookie this season. So if if savvy is your calling card like it is for Jalen Williams, I kind of think, and athleticism is for Wiggins, what if you just flipped him? Really makes you think. Really makes you think. <laughs> okay. You I'm going to be thinking about that for Let the Let us yeah. know in the comments. <laughs> Obviously, Luol yeah, yeah. Dang with swag was the best one. I like that but one. But I'll keep I'll, thinking we'll about it. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Also, the Clippers beat the Grizzlies. No Kawhi, no Paul George. They snapped Memphis's seven-game win streak. So let's take a quick look at the Western Conference standings. That was a bad loss for the Mavericks last night. Because coupled with the OKC win, a full one-game lead for the Thunder, the 10th seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Westbrook was awesome last night. 36 points, 10 assists. There's an incredible picture of this guy flexing on the court. I think he, he got an and one, maybe on jaw. And the picture is taken from above. He's flexing in the middle of the lane. And somehow he's looking right at the camera, even though it's in the ceiling. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but Westbrook it's a perfect picture. went five of five from three last night. You're not counting on that every night, but the way he's pushing the pace, the way he is in the lane all the time has really, really worked out uh, for the Clippers. I didn't expect that to be the case, so I'll take an L on that one because Westbrook definitely won them this game. Yeah. Uh, and with uh, Paul George down with injury, with Kawhi doing his load management, this is a nice win uh, for the Clippers because, like we mentioned earlier, they are still in a race for potentially getting home court advantage right. in the first round of the playoffs. We shall see. Jerome, I was uh, wanting to get your take. I don't know if you saw Dylan Brooks's pregame outfit last night. Black bucket hat, white dress shirt, <laughs> black mailman shorts, <laughs> at, at white this point crew with socks, all the and different, black shoes. Right. At this point, with all the different Dylan Brooks looks, it's almost just like a silhouette that like I'm a not able to decipher anymore. He is just trying a new thing each time. I don't know any of them particularly hit, um, <laughs> but uh, I guess I should rep as the Canadian on the podcast. Looks great. Honestly, killing the game. Like, do, do your thing, Dylan. Um, yeah, I, I think the other thing I also want to mention, just it's so funny. We, we talked about the Drew Holiday game earlier. It's like Drew Holiday, 51 points on three three-pointers. Russell Westbrook, 31 points on five three-pointers. Like They took each other's stat line. Yeah, they kind of did. And hey, Dylan Brooks, 30 points last night, 12 of 24 shooting. You'll take that. I also saw that my main man, Chuck Anderson, at No Pattern on Twitter, he said that Dylan Brooks's fit looked like Beavis and Butthead from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. Uh, JD, let's see this playoff picture real quick. Things are changing every night. Uh, so we're looking at the matchups here. Playing tournament is staying the same in the Eastern Conference. Right now it would be... The Heat versus the Hawks in the 7-8 matchup. Raptors-Bulls in 9-10. Out West, it would be the Timberwolves, after their loss last night, would be playing against the Lakers, uh, who moved up a slot. That's the 7-8 matchup. 9-10 would be Pelicans versus Thunder. And then we've got some 4-5s, some 3-6s. Uh, Ash, you're looking at the playoff picture. If the playoffs started today, which they do not, we still got a week left of the regular season. What kind of first-round matchups are you interested in here? Hmm, if the playoffs started today... Um, I think the uh, Warriors-Kings series would be pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think it would be a test, obviously, to see uh, where the Warriors are, um, see if they are back to being the Warriors or not, or if they're just going to be this mediocre Warrior team that we've seen, and especially starting on the road, uh, see if they could even take one yeah. on the road. They always do, right? Since Steve Kerr's been a coach, <laughs> they've always taken one. Yeah, they always um, have, at least. <laughs> so that matchup would be pretty good just to see, I think. What do you think, Jerome? What are you looking at here? 
It it is Warriors Kings also for me. I kind of wish that the uh, rankings were reversed, that like the Warriors were in the three spot because uh-huh. it would almost feel like the Sacramento Kings were the 2023 We Believe Warriors going against mm-hmm. the 2023 Golden State Warriors. Just good call. there's there's just like an element there that like it's such a great story and. Um, and yeah, like it, it's it's such an interesting like this juncture. If the playoffs start today, or even in, in a couple of weeks, like where both of these teams are at, like where the Golden State Warriors are, they're the defending champions. But like, do they have enough in the tank? Will they be healthy enough to carry through? It seems like they should be able to handle the Kings, but you never know at this point. Um, and so yeah, that's that's really the one. Like you want to follow the Kings as far as they go, and the fact that they're going against the defending champs is going to be such a interesting test in the first round gonna be a spicy time can't wait to see but i mean we got five or six games left for every team this could all completely change yes. uh we shall see we talked games we'll talk news after the break stick around i gotta get something off my chest nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response that's why i'm a big emoji responder love a hang loose hand or a salute But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Back with No Dunks during the break, as you came clean. Yeah. You told me, yes, indeed, I have too smalled someone once I, upon a time, but in a different way. Yeah, in a whole different way. Because I always hit people with the, oh, you're too small, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> or even, if you're too big, Tom and Jerry. That's the mismatch, and that's what we're working with. Been I'm going to work that into my lexicon as well, because... Stacy King on the Bulls broadcast, he's always calling out Mouse in the House. Yeah. That's a classic. Mm. But Tom and Jerry takes it to the next level. Yeah. What about you, Jerome? You ever too small somebody? Uh, it's very rare that I am bigger than someone on the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I do remember uh, one time I had to guard someone just far bigger than me. And uh, and they were posting me up nonstop, and I really had no shot of doing anything. So the only thing I could do was really you – know, play the mind game and uh, I just every time he started backing in I just started singing Love in this Club by Usher and he was very <laughs> uncomfortable with that it really threw him off his game and uh, you know not not getting a no bunnies for them at that point mind games Jerome I love it mind yeah, games 100% I would start thinking about not basketball if someone's singing I want to make Love in the Club in the post yeah. up <laughs> well let's hit the up down report Preparing your tumbies. It's the oh. up. Oh. Oh. A lot of news. Got to throw some topics at you guys, and we will say if they're good or bad. 
up or down. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond, and Greg Popovich have all been elected into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2023, with a formal announcement expected to come at the Final Four in Houston this weekend. Pretty good class. But is it the best ever? Up or down, 2023 Hall of Fame class is the best ever. What do you think, Ash? I'll go ahead. Mm, down. I'll go down. Okay. Why is that? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason, man. I, I mean, look. look, look, look. look I love it. These it's, are great players. Yes, yes. These are all great players. Dwayne Wade, three titles. Dirk, one title. Pow, two titles. Tony Parker, four. Pop, five. Becky Hammond, defending WNBA champion coach. But we're not talking about any of the top five players of all time. That's that's right that's really mm. why. That was holding you back? Yeah, that's really why. Because I, I, I came here wanting to say up, but then I got to thinking. I'm like, I mean, I just feel like when Jordan went in, that's, that kind of just takes it. It's Michael Jordan, you know? It's like The a, Jordan year, I, I do have it. So 2009, we have Jordan, David Robinson, Jerry Sloan, and John Stockton as like four of the big names in there. That's and a good I one. Think you see what I'm saying? That is a good one. Um, I also have the 2020 Kobe, Tamika Catchings, uh, Tim Duncan, KG, and Rudy Tom Janovich class, which stacked. I feel that's stacked. That's the best that, one right that, there. I think that's the best one in my opinion. See, that's, that's the reason I went down. Jerome had my back. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, I got just you. because you like the 2020 <laughs> class doesn't mean you can't like the 2022 no, class. Yeah, you're right. Well, or 2023 class as well. Uh, that, to me, um, a lot of my personal favorites in this one, like I've got Dirk, Wade, and Powell probably all in like my top 10 favorite players to ever watch mm-hmm. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I love this class. But if you're talking about like career achievements, rankings on the all-time list, it probably is more so similar to... 2018, which Mm -hmm. was Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Ray Allen, and Grant Hill. A lot of incredible players, some MVPs. um, But, you know, like we're saying, not a Michael Jordan or a Shaq making the list, that kind of thing. But should be a really fun class. Uh, Really looking forward to the speeches. Wade should be interesting. I'm sure Pau Gasol will be a tearjerker. And Dirk Mm -hmm. probably will be one of the funnier speeches we've seen in a long time. Ash, who do you think they let give the final speech of the night? It's going to be between Wade, Dirk, and Powell, you would think. Who's, like, who's like the biggest name of those? Um, hmm. Probably Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah. probably so. I'd probably, probably be Dwayne Wade getting the last one. Yeah. Dwayne Wade is probably the biggest name. Powell will always have the Kobe Association, so there's mm-hmm. a chance that we close out on that. Hmm. Yeah, let us know down below in the comments. Tweet at us. What's the best Hall of Fame class of all time? And who do you think is going to actually give the keynote address of the evening because that's always interesting to see moving on variety reported this week that charles barkley and the world's most famous gail gail king are finalizing a deal that could see the pair co-hosting a weekly primetime show on cnn nothing's finalized yet but it seems like something could get done in time for the fall slate jerome are you up or down on charles barkley hosting a primetime cnn show I'm up for Charles Barkley hosting anything, but then CNN show, I'm just, I'm here. Like, I don't know Sideways. where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Secret option. With, yeah, I just, um, you got to imagine, like, uh, Charles Barkley in media, it just feels like a ringer in any situation, but I, I need more information on what's going on here. I don't know. I, I really just don't know what it's going to happen, but I believe in Chuck. Yeah, I saw some <laughs> reporting that it might be like a Larry King Live sort of deal where it's like, right. 
Chuck. <laughs> Chuck and Gail, old friends from the <laughs> yeah. Oprah Winfrey show back in the day. Literally, they met on the show uh, like in 2005 or something like that, and they've become friends ever since. And Charles says, I'm only even considering this because of my respect for Gail King. But Dang. they might do like celebrity <laughs> interviews or something like that. I saw they asked Barkley if he would ever do like a daily news show. He said, that is never going to happen. <laughs> you will mm. never get me working every single day, which 100% respect. What about you, uh, Ashy? up or down on this Chuck show? Uh, Tune in? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just because it's Chuck. Just because it's Chuck? Yeah. We're checking out? You know, he just says whatever he wants to all the time. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, <laughs> everybody either loves it or hates it and he's like I don't care and he keeps going and just like I think you guys talked about it yesterday right so absolutely uh, yeah I'm always up on Chuck yeah it'll be interesting to see if he shoots from the hip quite as often as he does with regards you know to pop culture politics as much as he does about basketball we shall see what about you JD are you interested at all in Charles Barkley's non-basketball takes very very interested I'm like you guys I'm a huge fan of Chuck uh he was my favorite. He still is my favorite inside guy. He was probably the nicest to us outside of Ernie. Sure. Um, and he's just he's just great. I'm curious to see the chemistry between him and Gail King. Like, uh, just try her trying to rein him in and corral him is going to be just great television. I think so. I'm 100 percent up. Yeah, I, uh, I messaged Kevin Durant. He said he was down on this. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a surprise. Kevin Durant's got to go on this show. That's the key. Like, <laughs> for this to be like a real up, Katie needs to get on, and then Jordan needs to get on for two sit downs. That's that's the premiere. The it's like a good cop, premiere. bad cop thing. Gail yeah, yeah, yeah. is super kind to everybody, and, uh, you know, Barkley's exactly. uh, riling him up. I can see it yeah. happening. On a recent episode of All the Smoke, Isaiah Thomas called out his longtime nemesis, Michael Jordan. <laughs> As he said to Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, quote, you got on national television and you called me an asshole, and then you said you hated me. That's what Isaiah Thomas said of Michael Jordan. You said that on national television, Zeke continued. Now, if you didn't mean it, get on national television and apologize for it. Now, if you meant it, let it ride as it is. Jerome, up or down on Michael Jordan never apologizing to Isaiah Thomas? Uh, wait, up on never apologizing? No, or do you think he apolog- will apologize? Absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> we, we, I we do ta- believe he will let this one ride it as is. <laughs> we, we talked about uh, best Hall of Fame class ever. Best Hall of Fame speech ever. Michael Jordan, what about that speech told you he was ever going to apologize for anything? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. I mean, maybe you get maybe you get them both on the Chuck and Gale show. See, there you go. It's a soft yeah. landing spot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think, uh, Ash? you think Michael Jordan will ever apologize? That'll never happen. That'll never happen. And, and he shouldn't either, by nope. the way. No. Yeah, you don't think enough time has passed? No. I mean, I mean, yes, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Four like, years. Like, uh, Jordan is Jordan, and if he don't like him, that's fine. Like, they are grown old men. They are grown old men. Like, yes. there's no yes. reason. He's Isaiah Stump. Isaiah Thomas is still talking about, I need an apology. Quit being an asshole to me. And like, <laughs> for what? Like, you know, like they, if they don't like each other, you don't have to like each other. Just because you both play in the NBA does not mean that you have to be cool with each other. So, I, shut up. People have, people have enemies out there. That's definitely yeah. true. You ever held a grudge like this? No, I'm a forgiver, man. I forgive everybody. <laughs> like, you could do the worst thing to me. And I'm like, come on, man. Let's go grab lunch. I'm, that's That's me. <laughs> I like that. That's maturity right there. And that's yeah. why we're talking about basketball instead of playing it professionally. What about you, Jerome? You ever hold a grudge like this? No. 
<laughs> not at all. I'm not even close. If someone too small me, I'd be like, you know what? You are taller. It's fine. <laughs> uh, me personally, yeah, I hold grudges like this all the time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I just can't reveal who they are because someday they may hire us back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Trent. I'm with you. Uh, anyways, let's talk food because there's a new restaurant opening in Toronto, NBA Courtside. Literally a basketball-themed restaurant run by the NBA. There's basketball art and memorabilia all over the place, a merch store, tables made from courts, basically all the stuff that makes NBA Courtside, quote, kind of like a hard rock cafe for the NBA, as Blog TO put it in their preview of the restaurant. Jerome, you up or down on the NBA Courtside restaurant? I have to be up. I live in a country that is predominantly based in hockey. I have struggled throughout my entire life going to bars and asking them to put on the Raptor game, let alone an NBA game. So if you're going to give me any dedicated space for the sport that I love, I'm going to have to be up on that. What do you think, Ash? Yeah, I think it's really cool. I'm up on it. Um, it looked awesome. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I would love to go. I love stuff like that, obviously. Um in Orlando, they used to have something called NBA City Restaurant, and it was not as cool as this one okay. in Toronto, but it was pretty cool. Uh, they always had they had like a, a court outside you could shoot on. They had all the merchandise, and it was a restaurant too. You go in there, watch games, uh, see NBA TV was always on, so um, it was cool. Yeah, I, w- I would love that. I'm up on it. NBA TV. They used to have a great show. I remember. <laughs> no, <laughs> they had a really good show from 2013 to 2019. I used to watch it every day. Yeah, that, that was a great uh-huh. show. I love that show. Uh, One would say that's how day. I started my But I like this show day. a lot better, uh, to be quite honest. So I don't know if they are going to be live streaming from YouTube, but I know they got YouTube up there yeah. in Canada. Feel yeah. free to throw yeah. it on, uh, Jerome. I think you said that you had a friend who actually got to check out. Uh, I had. Side, so, right? I knew some people who got to get the early look at it, and uh, so. Up on the environment and the atmosphere, middle to down maybe on the food, but I guess like maybe Mm. that's not what you're really going to a sports-themed bar for, so Mm -hmm. you're not worried too much. But um, no, they said the experience is really cool. The retail area is up in the front, and then as you move back, it's kind of going through like the player journey. So they have like college artifacts in one section, moving to the league itself. Um, some of the tables are made out of like actual courts uh, from like previous like historical games. Uh, and then I think they have a lounge area, like a 90 plus lounge area afterwards. So it is like a real like journey through the NBA. And um, yeah, I think like just all the Easter eggs that you're going to have when you're like going to it, like uh, they're opening, I think, about the playoffs. So it couldn't be better timing. Um and so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to check it out at some point. Yeah, we absolutely need a Jerome report. I think it said on the website that reservations and walk-ins are available as of April 3rd, which is Monday. And you mentioned, uh, yeah, there's like cool little NBA Easter eggs all over the place. Coolest one I saw looking at the previews and stuff was this piece of art that's mm-hmm. modeled on the Kawhi Leonard four-bounce game winner. Uh, it's got the ball kind of tracing the path way up into the air rattling around the rim and dropping through. I think that looks really cool. And yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by the menu, uh, Jerome. I guess uh, Top Chef Canada slash Chopped Canada winner Erica Karbelnik did the menu. There's some interesting looking stuff on there, but not a lot of NBA puns. You know, when I'm, mm. see, when I'm looking at an NBA run restaurant, I'm expecting there to be, I don't know. I'm I want a Stephen Marburger. Yeah, exactly. Like something <laughs> like... Kid. Yeah, I saw there was like a Mavericks margarita. 
or something like that. It was like the Mavericks blue or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm struggling right now for the Giannis Antetokounmpo boy. Exactly, they don't have that yet. Yeah, but maybe they will. We shall see. Uh, I'm looking forward to your report, Jerome. Question I had for you, JD. Yeah. This is, if this is the Hard Rock Cafe for the NBA, <laughs> I know you're a big time Hard Rock Cafe friend. Uh, well, no, no, yeah, no, definitely it. not a fan. Speaking of grudges. Yeah, you absolutely are. <laughs> first one in Toronto, I get it. That's where they played the first uh, NBA game back in the day. I saw there was a lot of memorabilia for that. Where will the next one be? Ooh, that's a good question. The next, so the, let's assume that it's successful, which it will be. Because Toronto is a big basketball uh-huh, town uh-huh. now. Uh, New York City has to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Next to the garden. That's where the next one's going. That's a great call. They also had that uh, that property like for their NBA store on Fifth Avenue or whatever like oh, that. Yeah. So, yeah. That, is that, that seems to make sense. Is that closed down now? The NBA store on Fifth? I don't know. No. I'm <laughs> unsure on that. It definitely could be. Nonetheless, uh, we'll definitely go to one of these at some point and probably make a short out of it. Wanted to ask you one more thing about Toronto, uh, Jerome. I know you went to Will Liu and Alex Wong's live show with Bobby Webster yesterday. How was it? It was really good. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the guys, the Raptors show, uh, friends of the show. They put on a, an awesome live show. Um, had Raptors GM Bobby Webster on with them and surprisingly candid for a GM. Like we weren't given anything that was like leak worthy or anything that way but they talked a lot about like draft process a little bit about the Kawhi trade a little bit about all their thought process of vision 6-9 things like that uh, my favorite takeaway was uh, during the Raptors bubble Bobby Webster became the de facto espresso person he brought his own machine he made coffee for everyone and so the guys asked him who are like the coffee freaks of the Raptors and he had Marcus all up there a big like double espresso bitter black um, coffee guy, uh, but the one that I really loved and took away was Tyler Hansbro. Psycho T, <laughs> two espresso shots pre-game, every game, explains a ton. Yeah, yeah. That, that explains why he never blinked. Yeah, <laughs> never yeah. closed his eyes for forty-eight minutes. Incapable of, of closing eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess once he got into the NBA, he was kind of a grown man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a dominant college player. He must have been doing like four or five espresso <laughs> shots <laughs> before those ones. Going completely wild. Great report. I uh, love those guys. We've got one last little piece of news to talk about here. Stephen No over at the Sporting News put out a great piece this week titled, The NBA is all in on anime. Why basketball's biggest stars are obsessed with Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and more. Jerome, I know you know anime. Ash, I know you know anime a little bit. I know basically nothing. I just learned how to pronounce Saiyan. Wait, I'm, I'm botching already. Saiyan. 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 I got to learn. I got to learn so I can understand these references and know how to pronounce these names when I see them on tweets because I see them on tweets all the time. So, Jerome, I need you to hit me with your top five animes for NBA <laughs> sickos. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five. All right, let's talk anime, buddy. Let's talk anime. Now, I got to say, when it comes to top five anime, it might be even more hotly debated than top five all-time NBA because (laughs) there are so many options you can go with. There are so many directions you can go into. 
uh, I actually wanted to start off very quickly. I mean, it seems like Ben Simmons knew that we were like got ha- a hand of a, in our uh, doc because last night, uh, I'm not sure if JD has uh, the full screen that, I, but he wore a Gundam shirt courtside um, during the Brooklyn Nets game. So shout out to him for uh, promoting us. Um, but big shout out to yeah, ben when it comes thanks to this, <laughs> thanks for watching. Uh, when it comes to this list, uh, I had to go in a couple of different directions, a couple of different considerations. Uh, shout out to Steven, Steve No for his article and sharing all the different interests for the NBA players and what they like in anime. Uh, I had to go obviously with some personal faves. I'm going to start off with my honorable mention. Uh, it's actually my favorite anime. It's Samurai Champloo. Um, it is just like one of the most beautiful animes you can come across. It's Mm -hmm. very, uh, like the art is beautiful. The music uh, by uh, Nujabez is incredible. The hip hop on it, just, um, I feel if more NBA players got into the show, they would really love it. So I'm going to go there. uh, All right, sleeper pick for people. I love it. Sleeper pick. Number five, we're going to start here. This is arguably the anime of no dunks. Um, (laughs) It's called Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a a clip that we're going to pull up right now, resurface. (laughs) We absolutely have a clip. That is Trey as a colossal titan. Although he never knew he was a colossal titan, he thought he was the big, the big meat man. I just thought I was a meat uh, man the whole time. <laughs> you thought you were a meat man, but you were actually a colossal titan. Um, I pulled up uh, from Wikipedia because I just realized when I started thinking about animes, it's actually really hard to come up with a synopsis, like a one-liner for them. Okay. But this is what Attack of Titan is. It is set in a world where humanity is forced to live in cities surrounded by three enormous walls that protect them from gigantic man-eating humanoids referred to as Titans mm. or Trey Kirby's. The story <laughs> follows Aaron Yeager, who vows to exterminate all the Titans after they bring about destruction of his hometown. So... This is like one of the, I, I, I don't know if we'll call it more recent picks, but it is an incredible show. Uh, the drama, action, art, everything about it is so, so good. Uh, Uniqlo just dropped off, uh, dropped a big uh, Attack on Titan uh, clothing collaboration set. Like uh, a meat season suit? three is coming out soon. <laughs> like a Uniqlo um, yeah. meat suit? No, no, that's oh. an exclusive 101, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> cool, but. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it, it is a really good show. Um, is it scary? Go, I feel like I heard people saying it was a little scary. It, 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 it could get graphic. It's a little, it gets on the like scary side, I guess you can call it that. Yeah, um, it is. But yeah, okay. like gory, you scary. You don't want your, your daughters. It, it's, it's not for children. Yeah. Um, not yet. No, I'm asking, Aaron this, Yeager. Is for, this is pure grown man knowledge here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there we you go. we got a trip yeah, coming yeah. up and I want to watch an anime on a trip. Season one of Netflix. Of this list, it's weirdly, this is the most normal one. You know what I mean, Jerome? Okay. Is that fair to say? Like it's, uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, oh, yeah, what do you mean by it's grounded. I see what you mean. I get what you mean by it. It's, okay. it's there's the I least think, amount of what pick. is going on here. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's the next pick actually actually is going to be our most uh, grounded of them. Number four. Yes. It's kind of like 
you can't talk about a basketball anime without mentioning Slam Dunk. So there's Slam Dunk there. Uh, <laughs> the I am fully going to admit myself <laughs> that I have not actually seen Slam Dunk, but I have obviously been very aware of its lore. Um, we'll hold on this uh, shot right here just because one thing I love about this, if you look at all the art, like look at their shoes that they have. They actually give them all like real Nike shoes, Jordans, all that. Mm. Um, it is really like such a great capture of its time. Um, rated one of the best animes in history. Uh, you, you really can't do a NBA sicko list without mentioning the basketball anime and that's Slam Dunk right there. It's all about a basketball team. Yeah. It's all about a basketball team. Um, <laughs> the one-liner that I, I have here... I guess it's had to it, make the list. <laughs> it, <laughs> it tells the story of a basketball team yep. from Shohoku High School in the Shonen area of Japan. That is the one-liner for Slam Dunk. I think I've seen like a clip of this before and it was crazy. Dudes, like, yeah. you know when you anime eyes i'm just gonna make up a verb there uh, animize yeah. <laughs> animize <laughs> when you yeah. animize yeah. basketball this is exactly what you would think it would look like honestly like yes. it's just so <laughs> i don't even know how to yeah. describe it <laughs> but it was, right. it was interesting it i saw like i don't know a couple minutes of it uh kind of surprising it doesn't come up at all in steven's piece over at the sporting news really I, yeah. It's an older one, okay. so I think like in some ways uh, it it kind of falls a little bit under the radar. Also, like when you think about anime, you're thinking about like maybe more fantastical situations, like you know what we have with Attack on Titan sure. and some of the ones yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. going to name on here. So, um, Slam Dunk is almost it is a Slam Dunk. It is so obvious <laughs> to be a basketball anime. Um, Put it on the so, DVD case. Uh, it has to be on there. Um, number three, uh, I love this one so much. It is One Punch Man. Uh, One Punch Man, (laughs) what JD mentioned, ridiculous premises. Uh, One Punch Man tells the story of Saitama, a superhero who can, because he can defeat any opponent with a single punch, grows bored from a lack of a challenge. (laughs) So, um, I get it. Honestly, if I was recommending something that is light, uh, short to watch, easy to consume, and very silly, uh, I think One Punch Man is going to be up there as one of my options. Um, it is like, it's the kind of thing that also kind of works as like anyone who's into Marvel, superhero uh, movies like DC, anything like that, because it does tackle the notion of essentially Saitama is like Superman if Superman was super bored because <laughs> nobody can defeat Superman. Except Saitama is like so powerful, and you'll see. Uh, not spoiling too much, he literally does throw one punch at any given uh, villain or adversary and takes them out completely. And so for someone that powerful, how do you deal with it? It is also its own kind of like self-referential on the like tropes of anime where, you know, characters are constantly powering up. He is, well, the most powerful and unstoppable. So One Punch Man, fantastic. Is uh, it a funny one? Like uh, It's funny. We're talking it's comedies. funny. Nice. Yeah. Ash, have you seen One Punch Man? You might have. You must have heard of it, though. I've heard of it. I've seen, like, yeah. an episode, maybe. Um, yeah. All all of my family and friends, they love One Punch Man. They love all these animes that you said so far, except for... Well, yeah, all of them, actually, so... But I, I have not dove in yet. Yeah, big hit right. in our house. One Punch Man, for sure. There you go. Yeah. All right, number two. Um, number two. It may be considered the goat of animes. It is Dragon Ball. It is the goat. Uh, it is. Right. <laughs> Ash is fired up. Here we go. Crossfire. Here we go. Um, this one, it's it's such a long running series uh, that like it is actually very difficult to like give you the one liner. But 
Shout out again, Wikipedia. The series follows the adventures of protagonist son Goku from his childhood through adulthood as he trains in martial arts. He spends his childhood far from civilization until he meets a teen girl named Bulma, who encourages him to join her quest in exploring the world in search of seven orbs known as the Dragon Balls, which summon a wish-granting dragon when gathered. Along his journey, Goku makes several other friends, becomes a family man, that's questionable, Piccolo is the real father, um, <laughs> discovers his alien heritage, and battles a wide variety of villains, many of whom also seek the Dragon Balls. Now, this is arguably like the Jordan of okay. uh, animes. When it comes to anyone mentioning anime, I think you can't mention anime without mentioning this one. Sure. Uh, early days of the internet, big like anime music videos. I personally loved uh, Vegeta's uh, at AMV uh, to, to, to the tune of Blink-182's Adam Song. It's an incredible <laughs> banger. Uh, may have inspired me to become the editor and producer that I am today. <laughs> um, I love it. But, but it is, yeah, no, like, Esh, I'm going to let, I'm going to toss the rock to you. Oh, uh, talk to me a little bit about Dragon Ball. Well, first of all, I think you said, like, it's, it's the Jordan of... Uh, okay. I would even compare it to, like, Mag- what Magic and Bird did for the NBA is what Dragon Ball did yeah. for anime. And yeah. Save the game? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, okay. I think they tried to port Dragon Ball over one time and it didn't work. And then Toonami, which is, like, something that happened on Cartoon Network back yeah. in the day, mm-hmm. brought it back again, found the right voice actors, and then it took off. And then, like, anime is now what it is over here, you know? So uh, That's a great comparison. I guess, real quick, Jerome, my question is, if Trey's never watched any like dragon ball or anything would you start him on the og dragon ball or would you start him at z i think you start him at z yeah see so, that's, that's the thing that's difficult about getting into dragon ball is there's so much dragon ball yeah like start and watching so, soap opera yeah yes exactly gotta go watch 50 so, seasons it's like survivor i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. because um, it's the coronation street of <laughs> anime yeah, right. I mean, it's uh, obviously Dragon Ball is huge because it even filtered down to me all through college. Uh, one of my good friends was uh, Pat Murphy. At one point in time, he had uh, bleach blonde hair that he like <laughs> slicked back, gigantic hair. So all through college, we called him Dragon Ball Murph. Really? Yeah. There you go. That, that yeah. was the closest uh, anime crossover he we had. He went Super Saiyan. He went yeah, Super, Super Saiyan. Saiyan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He t- he told it. He called it getting totally ridiculous or totally sideways. <laughs> but I think the same general vibe. Uh, yeah. For Dragon Ball Murph and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> um, and number one, uh, it is one of my personal favorites. Uh, it is one that seems to be such a hit for a lot of NBA players. So you'll see a bit of a collage here. But we're gonna go with Naruto. Mm. <laughs> uh, Naruto, also in the Shonen Jump uh, series right there. Uh, let me pull up my... I love these one-liners so much. Uh, these are great. It tells the story of Naruto Uzumaki, a young ninja who seeks recognition from his peers and dreams of becoming Hokage, the leader of his village. And we're going to hold on this here. You see two players who absolutely love it. Uh, Zion Williamson on the left. He has a couple of collaborations uh, with Nike Naruto and Jordan Naruto that... Honestly, if anyone from Nike is listening to this, I'm a size 10.5. men's. <laughs> um, anywhere between a large, extra large, like just, I will take any amount of Naruto uh, Zion wear. And then on the right, that is Jaron Jackson Jr., a man. And in this case, a Hokage, as he described in the room there, a Hokage being the chief of his village. 
after coming off a huge game, he said, I'm feeling like a Hokage. He's feeling on top of the world. world. If you see him over there, if you look at that Naruto uh, photo in the middle, you can see the Hokage on the right there, and you can see where the likenesses is. He's not doing some sort of play on Tyler, the creator, with an oversized hat. He is being a Hokage. Um, Naruto is one of, uh, like, if, if not Dragon Ball, I think that's also up there as one of, like, the real greats out there. Uh, incredible stories, um, stuff that I think, yeah, a lot of NBA players kind of take from. Um, I was thinking about it this morning. Uh, game six, LeBron, who lost his headband. That's mm-hmm. Rock Lee, who drops his training weights and becomes <laughs> like superpowered against Gara. I see Esh there, <laughs> a little smirking at that. Um, and then Esh, I mean, like, talk to me about Naruto. Uh, okay, so uh, I tried to watch Naruto back in the day when it was uh-huh. on Toonami, so I was a child. And uh, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Uh, I got through, like, the first season. But then I I just had to go back to Dragon Ball. <laughs> you to go back it's, to Dragon Ball. It's the you same. You got to stick like, with Naruto. No, no, look, stick with I, I'll probably finish at some point. My sister is always getting on me because... Have you ever got into the tune-in exams? Like, once you get there, everything takes off. I it's don't even incredible. remember. Like, my, my cousin is yeah. the biggest Naruto fan, I think, ever. He's always... He's he's the guy that always corrects me when I say Naruto, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, it's Naruto." I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm from Georgia. I'm gonna pronounce it how I want to pronounce it." But um, I don't know. I feel like you know. Obviously, they took a lot of inspiration from Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, Naruto it's, it's and Sasuke OG. are they the magic and bird? Maybe are they are they Jordan and Isaiah? <laughs> like the blood rivalry? Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, no, it's it is it is one of the greats. Uh, that is our number one. There are. Again, like I said, so many. Like, I did not mention One Piece. Mm. Seen a lot of um, people on the stream team saying One Piece. It's one got Piece like a million huge. episodes, though. Death Note, <laughs> huge one, two. Unuyasha. Like, there's so many animes. Gundam, we mentioned at the top there. Uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter x Hunter. Like, just Demon uh, Slayer. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. there's like so many. Um, I think part of like the list here was like inspired by Stefano's uh, article just because there had been so many references. Um, we mentioned Dragon Ball before Rudy Gobert once uh, I I'm not here for fat shaming, but I suppose if you compare them to the character Majin Buu, I suppose that's <laughs> kind of a funny take on it. Uh, but no, there are a lot of different options here. Ash, I know you took exception to this list. I want to know: Is it is it the listing? Are we missing something here? What what's going on? Your your list is ninety five percent correct. It's just <laughs> it's just the uh, Dragon Ball should be number one. It was my only qualm. That's it. I'd swap those two. I'll things. give you that. I think um, I think the factor in in terms of NBA sickos is just that Naruto seems to be having more of an in with NBA players, and it right. might just be that it's slightly newer. It was still running a little more recently that allowed a lot of the current crop of the generation of uh, NBA players to get into it. Um, but beyond that, no, it's it's hard to deny Dragon Ball is like one of the best, if not the best. Mm-hmm. And still, I mean, like Dragon Ball Super Heroes that just came out recently, right. incredible movie. Right. Yeah, right. like, so uh, no, th- there's a lot of things to go into here. Trey, I don't even know where to get you started. Uh, I think, I think Attack on Titan or One Punch Man might be good in the sense that they're more uh, digestible. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, great, a lot of the other ones that we would here in the list, those were top of mind for me to sure. find one episode each 
for the flights like to you know to Houston and that kind of stuff. Like yes, I'll, I have exactly. a chance to watch it then. And I want I wouldn't mind checking one of these out. Yeah. Um, maybe an episode of each one of them. I got to know about Attack of Titan after you put me into it. I got to know what's going on there. Yeah, that's the one. And that the one seems punch to make man just sense. seems like a like a light fun one to yeah. me. I don't know yeah. if it's true, but yes. I mean it's about a guy punching people. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Nonetheless, a great top five, Jerome. Uh, Stream team's going crazy for it. Uh, (laughs) Ash is going to fight you next week, (laughs) I do believe. But I think we can turn that into a battle somehow, right? Like, uh, you guys are going to go Super Saiyan. Yeah, a little little Goku versus Naruto right there. (laughs) I'll come in next week. I'll be in the studio, black hair on Wednesday. Thursday, I'll bleach it overnight. (laughs) Oh, Bleach also is an anime that is actually one of my favorites. Uh, that I did not put on there, but Bleach is incredible. Um, they have a current arc that's completing that um, the thousand year uh, blood feud, I think it is. Uh, oh my God, so good. Um, but yeah, we could go on and on about anime on a basketball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed we can, but I uh, appreciate the top five list. We're going to take one last break here. And when we get back, we got pick and payoff. We got rapid fire. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Back with no dunks. Super size show today. Yeah. You thought it was going to be an easy one, huh? <laughs> uh, we're going uh, two hours straight. Hopefully not, because we do have another podcast coming a little bit later today. Let's talk about the pick and payoff. People were hating on us for the pick and payoff. Said ever since somebody ate Arby's, they stopped doing it. <laughs> no, we just don't have any good ideas right now, but someday we will. This one is brought to you by BetMGM. The results from last night... Uh, Skeets and Tass had the Lakers to cover a one and a half point spread, and they certainly covered that. Gave me a loss, so that moves Skeets' record to 11 and 10. I'm sure he's very excited to be over 500 right now. Tass is at 7 and 14, and I am still atop the leaderboard at 12 and 9. Here are tonight's picks. Only two games on the schedule. This is the spiciest one. The Boston Celtics travel to Milwaukee to play against. The Bucks, who just had a huge win last night. Skeets and I think the Bucks will cover a two and a half point spread. 
Tass gets the Celtics because I think he was probably still asleep when we made these picks. And <laughs> <laughs> we can't have three of the same deer head on the graphic. That would be ridiculous. What do you think, Ash? Who's uh, going to win this game? Uh, I got to go with Boston because you know I'm a Celtics fan. Uh, I do I do know you're a fake Celtics fan. I'm, how are you a fake Celtics fan anyways? Uh, a fake Celtics fan? Well, I, I know you're a Hawks fan. You're okay. a Hawks fan. Look, like I put it the other day, I am a Celtics fan who cheers for the hometown Hawks. Respect. But it's because when I was uh, getting into watching NBA basketball when I was in seventh grade, yeah. that's when they just got KG, they just got Ray Allen, yeah. and I was like, man, I got I to gotta find a team that I want to win, and that was the Celtics. Wow, you made a good choice back yeah. then. Yeah. That's uh, pretty crazy, though. So you said sixth grade, uh, you were 11 years old. That was the last time the Kings made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You really got into basketball in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. You've never seen the Kings in the playoffs. I mean, I watched basketball, sure. but yeah, I just yeah. didn't follow it. Like The way I like follow that, basketball yeah. now is I started that in like seventh grade. Yeah, Super Saiyan mode. Yeah, Super saying. Saiyan mode. I yeah. get you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's answer some <laughs> rapid-fire questions. This should be nice and quick. Yesterday's Tweet of the Night seemed to show former WNBA player and Atlanta legend Renee Montgomery at a Hawks game totally alone. No other fans can be seen. You can't see anyone at the scorer's table. Looks like there's nobody but her watching Donovan Mitchell shoot free throws. (laughs) Great way to see a game. What is something you'd like to see as a private solo show? Jerome, what you got? Uh, First off, I want to start this by saying when you ask... When you said private solo show, I was incredibly uneasy with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In so many different ways. I don't even know if I want, because like if it's a concert or performance or anything like that, like it's just so awkward to be like the one person watching. Oh, so I was trying to figure out what is my angle to go in, and I think my angle is like what was a place where you know normally people weren't able to go, and I could be the solo person who got to view it, and I chose with a time machine. The 1992 Dream Team uh, scrimmages. I want to sit there as the solo person in there. I'm going to call it my show. I know uh, I get to get really get to the bottom of uh, not just like everything that they said to each other, but probably all the shit talking that Jordan apparently might have said about uh, Isaiah Thomas, even though he wasn't there. (laughs) So uh, I think... (laughs) Guaranteed he was still talking trash, even though he wasn't He was definitely talking trash about it. So that's my pick. Great answer. What about you, Ash? Uh, even though Drum just said, like, no to concerts because that'd be weird, I would definitely go to a Paramore concert, actually. Ooh. Just because oh. Haley Williams and – sorry, Courtney, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Haley Williams is like, uh, you know? So I just get to sit there and watch her. She'd probably put me on stage. i get to be up there with her. <sighs> It'd be great. What song would you want her slash them to play? Ooh. Uh, only section. It has to be only exception. Oh my, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. You and if she, like, if she was singing that to me. If she was singing that to me, like say, just singing that while we were right there. I'm just playing. I, I love you, Courtney. <laughs> uh, JD, what uh, what private solo show are you seeing? Yeah, well, I'm the same as Jerome. So uh, just the idea of being alone and getting a musical performance, uh, to me, uh, it would just be so creepy and weird. So, uh, but I did pick a music thing, and I sort of I'm I'm kind of taking Jerome's answer and making it musical, and I'm. Uh, now, listen, I just sat through 15 minutes of you guys doing uh, anime talk, so <laughs> I'm going to geek out for just a second. And I'm going to show you a clip of basically what I mean, and it's John Williams composing. A, mm. it's, it's him composing the score to Empire Strikes Back, and it's 
him talking to the compo- uh, the uh, uh, you may have seen this clip uh, Ash. it's it's uh he's talking to the uh, i guess the compose the actual uh, conductor or the comp- the the orchestra liaison yeah. Yeah. and it's from basically going from his head to the actual orchestra and and when he hears it for the first time played back to him it's it's an incredible moment i'm going to play for you now so here it is so here 25 seconds point 1 some little objects float by the window and the, the strings would be sustained here but if the cellist Sounding loco, I think, Herb. Sounding loco here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that. At exactly 25 seconds, point one. That way, with two clarinets there, leaving the flutes free to play piccolo, three piccolos at 36 seconds as we see these bats. And it's suddenly presto, mm-hmm. with four piccolos doing sextuplets about as fast as they can do them. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this is officially the dorkiest episode of No Dunks ever. But that's what I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. It could be present day. John Williams, guy's over ninety now, and he's still a legend. And uh, just to see him create from writing it on the page, which he probably still does, to the orchestra, I just want to be in the room. Want to be in the room? I'm I'm I'm, with you, JD. I'm changing my answer. I I think um, when I was going through this, one of the things was like to be fly on the wall as like something truly spectacular or iconic was being made. Um, So yeah. I yeah. totally am uh, watching yeah. musicians create something is just like incredible. There's that scene in uh, that Beatles documentary when they're writing Get Back and oh, it yeah. just like comes yeah. from messing about and suddenly it's a hit song. Incredible stuff. Wild to see him doing it for a movie, talking about like the plot points of the movie oh, as well. Totally. Right. But I'll say Four Piccolos doing sex tuplets sounds like a different kind of <laughs> private solo show, JD. And then. I, either way, I'm rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a real thing I read this week: a giant meatball made from flesh, cultivated using the DNA of an extinct woolly mammoth, <laughs> has been unveiled at a science museum in the Netherlands. Apparently, the meatball was made of sheep cells inserted in a, oh. with a singular mammoth gene called myoglobin. <laughs> As we all know, when it comes to meat, myoglobin is responsible for the aroma, the color, and the taste. <laughs> Guys, when is the time that science went too far? Jerome. Um, green ketchup. That's a thing? <laughs> when, I, I think it was a thing. I don't know if it made it across the border, but I know one time, I can't exactly recall when, they decided, you know what? Let's make the ketchup green. Yeah. I remember that. No science. You've <laughs> gone too far. I, I will not accept this condiment that is on the opposite end of the spectrum of Christmas colors. This is not the thing to do. Green ketchup looks disgusting. Um, I'm looking at but it right no, now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, green, green tomatoes. I know, but it looks nasty. Huh? Yeah, and also green tomatoes aren't as good as red tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, it's so <laughs> stupid, too, because kids already love ketchup, and that's what it's yeah. for, right? So it's like, wow, we want to encourage kids to eat more ketchup. They love it already. They absolutely love it. So <laughs> it's the stupidest marketing thing. I agree 100%, Jerome. Ash, when's a time that science went too far? Uh, JD, you got the video? Oh, yeah. 
Let's, let's see this right here. This is what I'm talking about. This is a time that science went too far. Ah, I forgot my tools again. <laughs> All right. For those listening, oh, this, no. this robot, <laughs> right? Well, now, this robot is <laughs> can jump and walk and has his own mind. Like, this is ridiculous. And the people that are making these robots and the new AIs that help us do everything, have they ever seen Terminator? <laughs> have they ever <laughs> seen iRobot? That's exactly right. Have you seen any science fiction movie ever made? Because look, like this robot <laughs> is going up the stairs carrying the tools to this guy. And there's like a billion videos of this like... We're not gonna watch the whole thing, know, but he uh, flipping off of things and <laughs> jumping. It can do a ninja warrior course. That's that's insane. That's uh, insane. Yeah. They're too smart. I agree. Every what is this Boston Dynamics? Boston Dynamics. Right? Yes. Every video is a little bit scary, and I don't know why they made the robot android walk with like a slightly sneaky gait. That's what I'm saying. Right? And it's, like, it's, it's like not quiet. just strolling, it's like sneaking at all times. Like it's trying <laughs> to make no noise because it's coming for you. You're scary. right. Scary it hasn't gone too far yet, but it's just a matter of time. <laughs> I, I would like these robots to perform any number of draft combine exercises. That'd be great to see. Interesting. Yeah. 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 That just like push the limits of science. Just like you know, a robot with a hundred foot vertical. See, <laughs> See next All Star Weekend, we should yeah. have that do the skills challenge. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> teams have to enter their own robot. Oh, yes. I Did we it. just fix the NBA All Star Weekend? There you go. Hundred <laughs> percent. Robots, in robots versus humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. NBA skills contest. I love it. JD, when did science go too far? It's a shake weight. Just plain and simple. <laughs> I'm sure it works, but. You look ridiculous. The oscillations. Yeah, I mean, it's getting those the muscles you never knew you had, but uh, the wanky wanky motion is—it's too much. You've gone too far, science. You think they came up with the motion or the weight first? <laughs> Hard to say. It's a great question. Yeah. Final rapid fire question: The New York Times recently reported on the enduring popularity of Crocs. According to the Times, people started buying Crocs during the pandemic, and now they can't stop. Even JD got his pair that he was talking about last week. So, fellas, what's something you started during the pandemic that you haven't stopped? Jerome. Trash reality television. Ooh, nice. I I avoided it for the longest time, and then the pandemic happened. I was temporarily furloughed from my job, and I watched, over the course of 48 hours, back-to-back Tiger King and Love is Blind. (laughs) Classics. And I've never been the same person since. (laughs) So you haven't um, been, you're still on the trash TV. I'm still, yeah. So like there's been a, like uh, Love is Blind, Love Island, uh, okay. Are You the One? Um, just, I, I had a couple seasons of The Bachelor during the pandemic in there. Uh, you're so heavy my on friends, the dating shows, it sounds like. Mm. It was heavy on the dating shows. I, I didn't realize I was such a spicy person. Uh, until, <laughs> like, you really figured out a lot about yourself during the pandemic. You look at yourself in the mirror and like you just want to see relationships be their most toxic apparently. And so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's definitely what happened to me during that time, and I haven't been the same since. Great answer. Amazing. Ash, what about you? Yeah, this was an easy one for me. Uh, eating. <laughs> Overeating. The pandemic. Just started. Never yeah, stopped. It's ridiculous. Uh, that, that was my second answer. Yeah. <laughs> we, I got married right at the beginning of the pandemic, and then, uh, you know, right after that, my wife got pregnant, and then we had the pandemic. No, no gyms. Mm. Can't go work out. Can't go play ball. None of that. Right? 
Yeah. 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 I gained like 30 pounds. Now, I haven't gained any more. I've maintained it all. There we go. But go. I haven't lost any either. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all right. You still got the Tom and Jerry. Yeah, That's the good right. part. Yeah, Tom and Jerry. You still got the mouse in the house. <laughs> JD, how about you? Yeah, mine's food related as well. Uh, Nutella. I've rediscovered oh, it during the uh, the pandemic, and uh, now it's uh, a major part of my life still. Hence the weight that I'm I had a Nutella croissant right before this uh, episode. Oh yeah, there's no bet. That's a, like a death row item for me, right? Like <laughs> Nutella final Nutella? meal croissant, like a like a toaster mm-hmm. croissant with Nutella. Oh my god, incredible! So good. Yeah, sounds good. And you know it's healthy because they put an orange. On the front. <laughs> so that's, Part of a complete yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Well, it's easier when they say, like, it's, like, hazelnut-based, so you just assume, like, oh, you know, nuts. It's a trail mix. Yeah, those are of, good for like, Protein. Yeah. Packed with protein, nuts, vitamins, minerals. Ugh. Amazing. It's delicious. Delicious, uh, delicious spread, <laughs> if you will. And those were some delicious answers. What a show. What do you think? I think it went pretty good. I hope it went good. Yeah, rate yourself right now. Seven and a half. Uh, way higher, buddy. Okay, thanks. Seven point six. How about you? I think you did. Uh, it's over nine thousand. Oh, that's Woo! a great answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, great show. This is actually our last no dunks episode of the week. We have no buffs a little bit later today with Jason Concepcion. We're going to try and go live at one p.m. Eastern. If you watched Survivor last night, should be fun to talk to him. Kind of had a dorky show today. Might have a dorky no buffs as well. They were talking Star Wars. They were talking Lord of the Rings. They were talking Pokemon last night on Survivor. Really? So we got to get Jason's take on that because, you know, he's deep uh, He's deep in the game as well. Tomorrow, <laughs> no, um, no no dunks tomorrow morning. But I hear there may be a no dinks dropping in the feed. Yeah, we might uh, drop a no dinks. There was a big tournament over the weekend at Daytona uh, MLP 2023. Very exciting. Rachel's been bothering me to do a uh, podcast. So there we, we go. And there's nothing happening tomorrow, so we might drop that in the feed. Excellent. Stay tuned for that one on Saturday. We'll be re-releasing Fast Friends 4 from Fast and Furious. Uh, not the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> which was the first right. one of those movies, but the fourth one where things really turn into an action franchise, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, and we hit a new era in the Fast franchise. So that will come on Saturday. If you are in Houston or somewhere in Texas or you want to make the trip out, we've got a live show Monday, April 3rd at 6 p.m. Houston time. That will be our show on Monday. We're going to have no daily show uh, the morning of Monday, but we're hoping to stream that one. Am I right here? Yeah, that's the plan. We will be live streaming it. But you got to come. You got to come and drink in neutral. Got to come have a neutral? I think it will be flowing. I think they're actually giving some out, so... The neutral will be flowing? El neutral will flow. (laughs) Awesome. Laura was having a a strawberry lemonade one last night. She's like, these are good. Yeah. I said, would you drink it outside at a pool? She said, absolutely. (laughs) So there's a recommendation for you. you That will be my contribution to the neutral (laughs) throwdown when we're talking at it. Uh, So that'll be, I guess, what, 7 p.m. Eastern will be when it's going live on YouTube, though we'll probably be a little bit late to, you know, get the crowd fired up. Uh, No show next Tuesday, and then the bros are back in town on Wednesday. Jerome, you're going to be here in Atlanta, right? I'm joining you in Atlanta. You're going to be sitting in this very seat. I will be in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You going to use my hoop while I'm gone? 
I I mean, send the address. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll definitely make sure, sure that mesh is hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, anywhere else at No Dunks Inc. You can subscribe to The Athletic for a dollar a month at theathletic.com slash no dunks. Great way to get the best sports writing in the world. Also, you can listen to every one of the Athletic Podcast Network podcasts with no ads. That's how I listen to basically everything that's on the Athletic mm. Network, to be quite honest. Anything else, you guys? No. Nope. Crushed it. it. What a day. Clipper <laughs> bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Forgot to ask, does anybody have like a cool anime-related <laughs> quote to send uh, us out? Thanks for joining us. And just remember, guys, if you train every day as hard as you can, you still won't be able to become a Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Banger. break. Banger. Embrace the day, people.